Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is July 4th. Happy Independence Day to everybody out there. As once a great president said, we shall not go quietly into that night. We shall not go down without a fight. <laughs> Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Great quote. <laughs> Sorry. It is. Great movie. <laughs> that we shit all over the director. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody out there who has given service and just just given up their freedoms to be able to go and ensure of ours. Again, thank you so much to all of our troops out there on this Independence Day. Yes. Yes, sir. So, we got a little news. We're going to talk some Miss Marvel. Let's start off with something wait, that wait. I... We got, we got one thing we got to do first. Oh, you're right. Oh, Jesus. You're right. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 no. On your count. All right. One, two, three. Happy, Happy first, first appearance. appearance. Jesus Christ. <laughs> To you. Happy, Happy first, first appearance. appearance. To you. Happy, Happy first appearance. Richard. Happy first appearance. To you. That was the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you would know. <laughs> so, everybody, wish Richard a happy birthday. I believe it was July 3rd. Is that right? That's yes. correct. I'm horrible at dates. Along with just words in general, so fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of things being horrible, what have y'all think about Howard Stern being Dr. Doom in the MCU? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, out the gate, like, uh, there's a rumor going around that he left his mic on during a supposed advertisement. I've got my theories on what it actually is, but of course, the headlines all read, Howard Stern is Dr. Doom in the MCU, yabba-dabba-doo bullshit. What do y'all think as far as Howard Stern being Dr. Doom in the MCU? Uh, so I used to listen to Stern like a ton. And he one, he always leaves his mic on during a lot of commercial reads because he's just either forgets or whatever. He's also talked about how he's very self-deprecating in his humor. He always talks about how like he is a very ugly looking man. <laughs> and he has mentioned he should play a villain in a comic book movie. He's mentioned tons of times that he should play Dr. Crane as Scarecrow in the Batman movies because he looks like a crane. <laughs> he looks like a Scarecrow I man. I can see that, yeah. But he also, he's mentioned Doom in the past in shows before because Doom wears a mask. Like, he doesn't take that mask off usually. <laughs> <laughs> so that way he can just hide his ugly face. Plus also, depending on the artist drawing it, Doom usually either A, has like a beautiful face with a little tiny scar or a horrific looking face. And that's why he wears his armor mask on there. But yeah, I, I, I find it funny that all these comic book websites like uh, CBR, it was on a couple other ones that were talking about it. And I was just like, 
does no one listen? He's clearly doing that as a bit, as a joke. <laughs> but yeah, regardless, no, I don't want him as doom. <laughs> <laughs> My thinking is like, would he actually sign up to get rid of the hair? <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a big thing for him too. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I don't really, I, I wouldn't care to see him as Dr. Doom. <laughs> now, you know, of course, I think that it could be a giant ploy because if you haven't already, you can go out there, you can find it, you can hear the audio clip that everybody's talking about and stuff like that. But in there, he says, you know, he's talking to one of his co-hosts and I'm going to be playing Dune this summer. And, you know, I, I fucking hate it. Like, I, it, the, the schedule's going to be ridiculous. He's talking shit about it. And he names drops RDJ. And he also names drops uh, what people are thinking is Favreau. Mm. I think it's either like a big stunt skit thing just to get, you know, his name out there kind of thing, which mm -hmm. I'm not hating on him for that. Or I think it could be more likely that he does a Doom podcast. Oh, that'd be cool. Or voices Doom possibly in a cartoon or something like that. I, I don't know that how I feel about him voicing Doom because I just don't think he has that Doom voice. Yeah. But at the same time, like, podcast would be right up his alley as far as doing a being Dr. Doom in a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He has known or he is known to hate like fucking podcasts as well. So that'd be really funny <laughs> if he did do that. But yeah, no, I could see him. You know how like they the early phase of Marvel, like phase one, the, a lot of times they brought in real world like news anchors. Or, like, I remember there were a lot in um, Iron Man. I forget. the. There's one guy that does, like, the stock market reading. It's a real guy, like, on news networks. And he was in the movie. Maybe they'll do something like that. Like, Stern is talking about Doctor Doom in yeah. something. And, like, they actually use, like, Stern's satellite radio. I think it's Sirius XM. Uh, his show or something where they talk about that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I he has a deep voice, but I like that like like Middle Eastern European accent that Doom has usually, and I want that for sure. Like if I don't get that, I'm gonna be very irritated. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him possibly doing something as far as like voicing him, maybe in a car like a children's cartoon or something. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say that in the comics, like the Grandmaster, that would be Jeff Goldblum's character, and mm -hmm. then the Collector, Del Toro's character, were like related. I want to say they're maybe brothers or something like that. Yeah. I would love it if there was a third brother and Stern was like that. I could see that <laughs> totally. How great would that be to have Jeff Goldblum and, and Howard Stern on the same scene? Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's often said that he looks a lot like Jeff Goldblum. So that that would fit right in with that. Um, in the MCU, they are related. I don't know if, quote unquote, it's canon as well. But one, they have the same little weird like paint marking on their chin. Okay. And if you are at one of the Disney rides, they changed the Tower of Terror to like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I don't know what it's called, but Tower of Fear or something. And... <laughs> <laughs> if you're while you're walking in the line, you're walking through essentially like the collector's collections and things. Oh, <laughs> and it shows a painting of the grandmaster and the collector sitting with each other, like playing chess. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, Benicio del Toro and Jeff Goldblum's collector and grandmaster. Oh, cool. All right, then on to something even more worse than possibly Howard Stern as Doctor Doom. 
there's been a supposed plot leak for Craven the Hunter as far as like his movie. And hot damn, it sounds like shit. Complete, yes. total shit. I will say that Richard did a lot of research and he did go back. The very reputable leaker that put this out came back and said it was totally fake. So take that for what it is. It's still fun to talk about because it is out there. So if you have seen it, and it rings a bell, then you know this is more than likely fake. But I guess there's always a possibility of it being true, too. So The leaker that uh, was mentioned, we'll credit him, it's Cosmic616. And he just had a bunch of screenshots of the the plot. And I'm just going to go through them real quick. Russell Crowe will play Vladimir Kravenov, the original Craven the Hunter, who is now retired. His son, Sergei Kravenov, is played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's a millionaire activist who is against the hunting of animals. <laughs> Sergei was trained by a child by Vladimir. When Sergei was still a child, Vladimir put his son through the rite of passage, which gave him superhuman abilities. Sergei wants to put an end to this criminal organization. And later on, he comes in contact with a guy that's poaching animals, and he only goes by the code name of the Chameleon. Sergey locates these members of this aforementioned organization, confronts them at a warehouse, uh, where he finds his hunter outfit, so the animal skins and stuff that he usually wears in the comic books. And he puts that on and he starts, you know, attacking these people to honor the animals and becomes known as like the hunter. Like, that's what these these criminal people call him. Lastly, Craven is chasing down this criminal organization. He eventually finds his love interest, which is in the comic books, Calypso. Then just, I'm going to skip a bunch of nonsense, but you find out that Sergei confronts the chameleon and kills him. Uh, you find out that it's his brother, and also that... Vladimir, Sergei's father, is the leader of the criminal organization. And anyway, he defeats him and then gets known as Craven the Hunter. post credit scene, it's revealed Dimitri is Chameleon's real name. And then the second post credit scene, he gets known as Craven. It's without the Hunter. And yeah, and there's like a major robbery in New York, which reveals that it's the Vulture and... And uh, Morbius. So he's got to hunt them down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the silence says it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. You know, like, it's not like, it's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> I'm just glad, like, you feel my my anger, my ire towards Sony now. <laughs> like, now you know. <laughs> well, again, if this is true, got to take it with a grain of salt because the leaker has already came out and said it's it's fake. Yeah, but still, like, it, it, what's so bad is that we read it and we do get triggered because. It seems like it's right up Sony's alley to do some stupid yeah. shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that was one of the things I was going to say is like the problem with all this is that it's it's so believable because it's it just sounds like the hot garbage that Sony puts out. At one of the places that I used to work, we would sit there and like fuck with people and me and this other guy would and and 
he was funny about it because he would sit there and he'd say, you know, to really get somebody good, there has to be just enough truth in it to make it believable. Right. And that's what this is. Like, that's what that's where like that's what this reminds me of. Like, there's just enough because Chameleon has been cast. We know that for a fact. Craven is Aaron um, Johnson. We know that for a fact. We know that Russell Crowe is in there. We know that. We know Calypso has been cast. We like we know all these the chameleon has been cast. So like we know all these characters have been cast. We know that, you know, Chameleon is brother to Craven the Hunter and stuff like that. So it's like there's just enough to be like, okay, y'all connected some dots here and fuck us all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's bad. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask. So uh, we, we know, uh, apparently, my opinion and Richard's opinion. Jeremy, what's your opinion on this uh, this possible Craven movie? <laughs> I, I mean, I just kind of stick with what I, I had said. I think it was on the last episode where just go watch Ace Ventura and you'll have a better storyline. <laughs> <So. laughs> then. <laughs> like... Uh, <sighs> Not every villain can be Thanos. I'm sorry. Yeah. You cannot make every villain to be somewhat understandable. You 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 just can't do that. Like some villains are just straight up villains. Craven the Hunter, he's a gamesman. He is a gamesman. That's it. You could do a stupid dope Spider-Man Craven the Hunter movie of the most dangerous game and it be fucking stellar and y'all chose this shit. <laughs> Yeah, two things. One, yes, not everybody can be Thanos, as you said, like where they can, you can kind of understand where the villain is coming from to bring it back for a second. Doom is one of those villains. The second part of that is just do Craven's Last Hunt. Just do that. It's a great story. It is one of those like Spider-Man books that a lot of people is like, you want to, you want a good Craven book? You want a good Spider-Man book? Do Craven's Last Hunt. It's a really interesting, it's got a kind of dark ending, but it's it's so good. If they were to do that, adapt that in any way, it would be a great movie. Also, uh, just thinking about it, I, I remember last week you talked about the new movie with e- Idris Elba, Beast. I went and watched that trailer, by the way. Yeah, just do that movie, but add Craven <laughs> as the main character. Just fucking do that movie. Have like some people show up on like a safari ride they're attacked by like some really crazy lions and Craven shows up and like saves them, but like murders the lions. Like just do that. If you're, if you're wanting this like hero, like anti-hero character, right. just fucking do that. We've literally come up with a better premise of a movie sitting here for two fucking minutes. <laughs> then Sony can come up with, with like years, I, I got another one, and it, it kind of brings us into another article that we talked that we talked about talking about tonight. It's been reported that Andrew Garfield has signed a deal to be back in Marvel movies. Mm. All right, do a Craven versus Spider Man. Go ahead and introduce Miles at the end of the movie. Fucking Craven takes out Andrew Garfield, Spider Man. Miles picks up the mantle. Poor Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want that to happen. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't have to be the next movie. No, I know you're saying like at the end of of Andrew's run, you have Craven be the one that kills him. Yes, I don't want that. Like I said, I would 
I still go back to what I said, the Craven's Last Hunt thing. In that story, though, Craven kills himself. So, and like he commits suicide, not like Green Goblin and at the end of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he tries to kill Spider-Man and then accidentally kills himself. No, Craven's like, oh, I've reached the peak of my mountain. I have nowhere else to go, so I shall just kill myself. <laughs> I was about to ask, so is that like the whole, like, I realize that I'm the last biggest thing to hunt in some... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he he realizes he's beaten Spider-Man, and, you know, like I said, he wanted to hunt the the next biggest thing, and he, once he's realized he's beaten Spider-Man, he's like, okay, well, I'll just fucking kill myself. <laughs> Jeez. Now, they do silly retcon a way for him to come back later on because comics but (laughs) right but yeah i mean like for a a long time craven was dead in the comics yeah i with the andrew thing so that's a big thing that's been revealed is um supposedly he signed a multi-picture deal which by the way jeremy's the one who who sent us this so i was about to say that's i take woo. I take credit for that one. That was the first. Uh, if that's the case, then those leaks of we will see, you know, last week I mentioned spider totems and the web of life and things. It looks like all this may be turning out to be true. And I'm happy for this because, well, sort of. This is a double-edged sword. <laughs> I like Andrew Garfield. I didn't like his Peter Parker, but I liked his Spider-Man. Yes. But Sony makes terrible movies, and (laughs) they made terrible movies with him. And I felt bad for him because he was a good actor, clearly. I mean, he won, what did he win, like an Oscar? I forget what award he won, but he won, won, won an award. And I want to see him as Spider-Man because in No Way Home, I liked him a lot as well as the other two. And I'm worried, though, he's getting back in bed with the same people mm-hmm. who did him dirty in, in the first place. So <laughs> That was my thinking, too. And my question there was, I mean, because you, you've said, you know, and well, no, uh, Tom Holland has, what, at least three or four more appearances left? Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's still going to be in there as the Marvel MCU Spider-Man. So it's kind of made me wonder, okay, is is Sony going to try to do its own thing over there and still in the same crappy route? <laughs> well, well, then we also talked about how they're bringing Kevin Feige in, but Richard said he Kevin Feige had also been a part of a lot of the other Sony movies. But I think, I think Sony, knowing Kevin's track record and stuff, surely to God, surely to God, they'll be like, all right, Kevin, you've built the MCU, build our Spider-Verse, all right? We specifically got you on Madam Web. We've specifically gotten you on, what was the other one that was rumored? Or not rumored, but talked about, because he... There's Venom 3, there's uh, Craven. He's not part of Venom 3, but was it Craven? Uh, no, he's not part of Craven either, but he, I believe it's Madam Web that he was just part of right now. Yeah, I think there, I thought there was one more. Anyways, so yeah, I'm wondering if they're like, hey, look, this is beyond us. Tom Hardy said that, you know, he's probably going to leave after Venom 3 anyways. So that would be done with that. I would assume, you know, everybody's talking about Spider-Man being in Venom 3. I would assume that would be Andrew Garfield as well, which brings you back to what y'all were saying as far as like him being in bed with the same people that fucked him over last time kind of thing. 
Yeah, two things. One, the Kevin Feige, you know, when he was a producer, I kind of delved a little bit into it, so I'll get into a little bit more detail. Back during the Sony leak, so for those that don't know, it has nothing to do with comics, but uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco made a movie called The Interview, where it made fun of Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea. And then supposedly North Korea was like trying to get the movie from being aired in the world. So they like hacked Sony and did a bunch of things and a bunch of private emails were leaked. And one of the emails that was leaked was an exchange between Amy Pascal, who at the time was like one of the head execs at Sony, and Kevin Feige. And it was Kevin Feige telling he had seen like kind of like an unfinished version of Amazing Spider-Man 2. And he gave out a bunch of notes to her saying like, hey, let's cut the uh, his dad showing up. That makes no sense. Why would that happen? Let's uh, remove some of the villains. There's too many villains in this movie. Uh, I'm, I don't have it all in front of me right now. He gave a bunch of good things like tips and stuff to change about the movie to kind of make it better. She didn't listen to any of that. And (laughs) the the movie came out the way it came out, basically. Because all the stuff I remember him listing off was just stuff that was in the movie. Anyway, the, the, the thing that I'm mentioning is, even though Kevin Feige's name is put on this, I don't necessarily know if they'll listen to him. Now, that being said, Sony... With this whole Spider-Man deal, which also I'll get into that. I'm sorry. This is all comic pasta. We're just going to spend an hour talking about Sony and Spider-Man, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's deal with Marvel is Sony still has the ultimate say-so, but Marvel basically makes the movie, the, the Tom Holland movies. And then Sony gets, I believe, all of the money that comes in from that movie. But Marvel still gets merchandising. So anything that's got Spider-Man's face on it like toys, uh, lunchboxes, book bags, whatever, trapper keepers. Do kids still bring trapper keepers to school? I was just about to say, is that still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm dating myself at this point. But Marvel, Disney Marvel, gets all that money. I have since looked it up, and they do have the movie rights to Miles Morales. So that's not a loophole for Disney Marvel to bring in a Spider-Man. They will still have to keep this deal going if they want to keep a Spider-Man in the MCU. And I think that's about it. (laughs) I think that's all I was going to (laughs) say. So Sony does have the movie rights to Miles, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I would think that would definitely be on par for Andrew to bring in Miles. I think that'd be super cool. Like that actual passing of the torch kind of thing. Yes. I Now, I agree. If we're bringing in Andrew, absolutely, I want to see Andrew die and pass on the torch to Miles. I don't want to see Craven be the one that, <laughs> that kills <laughs> Spider-Man. After he does, he kills himself and done. <laughs> done. So would that be kind of... Um, kind of the same same way as like the animated one, the the spy like Spider Verse, where Andrew would be like the old retired yeah Spider Man, mm-hmm. and then Miles comes in under his wing. So in the comics, in Ultimate Spider Man, which is the Brian Michael Bendis run of Spider Man in the Ultimate Universe, the sixteen. I sixteen ten is that I can never remember the Ultimate Universe. I just always call it the Ultimate Universe. Anyway, regardless, 
in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker dies. And slightly before that, Miles is gained powers and he meets up with Peter and Peter kind of slowly starts to train him. But it's essentially like Peter becomes Miles's Uncle Ben. Peter lived the with great power comes great responsibility and kind of instills that into Miles as he dies trying to save the people that he loves. And when he dies, you know, they have this big funeral and it's, I think it's revealed to the whole world that Peter Parker was, in fact, Spider-Man. And then Miles slowly starts, you know, like fighting crime and then eventually becomes Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be, would be really, really neat way to do it. But of course, Sony's not going to do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) But it would be on par for Sony if they're listening to a podcast, be like, you know what? (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, these three hillbillies here, they might have the answer. <laughs> Just go ahead and make us executive producers. We'll be, we'll get it done. Hey, man, I'll take that. I'll make a terrible Spider-Man movie as long as I get that check. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we've got Thor Love and Thunder coming out this weekend. All right. So this is the first time I think we've ever done this. But I like the idea of kind of a recap of what we want to see and what we absolutely don't want to see. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start off telling, you know, just pros and cons of what's going on with this movie coming up this weekend? I'll I'll do mine because it'll probably be a lot shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm still excited about it. You know, when we read that the comic, it just got me more more excited, and uh, I really hope they do a good portrayal of Gore on this. And like I said, it, it that it's going to be just him completely wasting everybody there for a while. And you know, we, it's going to be interesting to me to see how they're bringing in Jane on this, just because I mean, I don't delve into that whole backstory too much or anything. I obviously I just kind of read what we read and then go see what happens. And uh, that I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, like if Captain Marvel's not in there, then it's going to be kind of a waste. But, you know. <laughs> Real quick, uh, it's rumored that she may show up in that movie. So <laughs> uh, you never know. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> That's, that's going to be... Uh, uh, that'd be pretty awesome and then pretty crazy that we, you know, we get her sooner than we get her in the Miss Marvel series. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> as of right now, I'm just I'm just pumped to see it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. All right. Believe it or not, mine's going to be very short as well. I want to see. I know Michael isn't a fan of this, but I like Take Waititi's humor. I want to see the goofy ass humor that Taika Waititi brought to Thor Ragnarok. I want to see that again. I love it. I I enjoy it a lot. I want to see more gods. We get Gore the God Butcherer. You know, he's called the God Butcherer. I want to see gods being killed. I want to see a ton of them. Like, I want to see at least as many as we saw in the in the comic that we read where Thor's following like the trail of dead mm-hmm. gods. I want to see really cool ass fight scenes between Gore and Thor. Some more. What else? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll think of something else, but <laughs> that's all I can think of right now. It reminded me uh, whenever you said that about what's his name, Tequatiti. Yeah, you said it right. Okay, cool. Uh, but the librarian, I'd, I'd said that before. I, I hope he's in there and his like little <laughs> witty stuff there too. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> 
Uh oh. <laughs> so let's say we, we gotta get get settled in for this. Yes, yes. I do not mind Taika Watiti's humor. I just think he goes a little overboard. And from what everybody's saying, a seven year old wrote this movie. That has me a little concerned. <laughs> I I'm all up for humor. I have no problem with it, but I just feel like and it really worked with Thor because let's be honest, the first two Thor movies, they're they're some of the hardest ones to watch. At least for me, anyways. And they're, they're not rated very well either, like by the community in general. Yeah. But Ragnarok really did do it for a lot of people, including myself. But I am concerned about the seven-year-old writing this movie. So I want to see the humor to be just enough. And and one of the other scenes has where he's like doing the splits, keeping two spaceships at bay or yeah. whatever. And it's Thor in the middle. And I was just like, uh, oh, God, no, don't. Don't do this. Don't do this. I like, I honestly feel like with the music and with Top Gun coming out, like, I wonder if this is going to be like Marvel's 80 superhero movie. And I'm like, ah, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I want this to be a Thor gore movie, not a Thor Jane Foster gore movie. I don't yeah. want that at all. I fear that gore is going to get pushed aside for whatever journey Thor is on to battle or to tell everybody that Gore's coming and that we're not going to see a lot of God butchering, especially because this is supposed to be a humor-filled movie because of Taika Waititi. I'm, I'm fearful of that, and I hope I'm wrong, but I am fearful of that. I want Jane Foster to die at the end of this movie. I do not want her to live. I do not want her to be Thor. And it's not because I'm a woman hater or anything like that. It's because I don't like Natalie Portman. Same. I don't think she like I, it. She doesn't come off as a good Thor. She doesn't come off as a good Jane Foster. She doesn't come off like she wants to be in the MCU. I'm done. I'm done with her. Like, take your movie as Thor. Die at the end. Become Valkyrie. If you want to come back as Valkyrie and do a, a TV show or something. Sure. Have at it. But if Chris Hemsworth wants to stay as Thor. Fine. Keep that motherfucker as Thor. <laughs> Yeah. So let's address that for our listeners, for, for people who hear us talk about like, oh, Captain Marvel, uh, Natalie Portman. I have no issue with female Thor. I don't. I actually liked the Jason Aaron run of female Thor when people were screaming about like, oh, you know, whatever, woke Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Who care? Like, I, I just didn't care. I ended up reading it. I thought it was good. I do. I am with you there, Michael. I don't like Natalie Portman. I've never liked her. I've never liked her in the prequels. I didn't like her in, I'm trying to think, like Black Swan. I didn't like her in, like, that is a good movie. But she's so wooden in her acting. She's very, very not a great actress, in my opinion. The same reason that I don't like Natalie Portman is the <laughs> same reason why I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like Miss Marvel, <laughs> or not Miss Marvel, damn it, Captain Marvel. Uh, it's the same reason why I didn't like Captain Marvel, although it's kind of reverse. I I've seen Brie Larson in a ton of things. I liked her in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I liked her in, uh, I believe it's The Room or Room. I, I can never remember the title. It's not the goofy, like, terrible one, but I liked her in the Kong Skull Island movie. She came off so dry and wooden in Captain Marvel 
that it was so bad to me. I just want to address that because we always talk about it, but we don't go into details. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I know like it's a personal attack on you now at this point. (laughs) I'm thoroughly offended over here. (laughs) I think that just about does it for me. Like I said, I want this to be a Thor gore movie. I want to see Thor get his ass kicked by gore once, if not twice. And that third time, it finally, like, he do what he have to do to save the day. Like, I really want to see Thor get his ass handed to him at least one good time in this movie by Thor. By Gore. I'm sorry. That's really it for me, though. Cool. (laughs) All right. Main event. Ms. Marvel. Episode four. Seeing Red. What's the whelm factor, guys? Still no Captain Marvel. Still underwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, again, <laughs> in all seriousness, the at this episode, honestly, I was just whelmed. I'd, I'd gotten uh, bumped up to pleasantly whelmed last week. This one just whelmed. Yeah, so I'm thinking back on it. So I've rewatched it twice now. And I have to say, I'm right there with you, Jeremy. I think I finally dipped down into the whelmed. And I can't quite put my finger on it because when I first watched the episode, I was like, oh, I like this. I like the action. I like, you know, learning more about this bangle thing. I like the twist ending. But watching it the second and third time, I was kind of just like, can I get this over with? So I don't know what it is about this episode. Maybe I can help with that. Uh Uh-oh. I am so underwhelmed by this episode. And my reasoning for it is because I feel like this episode was just like the way that I'm going to say it's going to sound horrible. And I know that. And I'm sorry. I don't mean it to be this way. But it seems like it's a straight up representation episode. And that's all that it was. I don't feel like the story necessarily really moved. Uh, I'm not against representation at all, but like that's all I felt like this episode was about was like, here is Pakistani culture and this is what we do. This is how we live. And here you go up. Here you go. Front row of what what it's like to be here in Pakistan. I'm cool with seeing all that. I'm cool with that being in the episode. But I, I came to watch Ms. Marvel. I, I didn't necessarily come to watch a National Geographic documentary on Pakistan. Y'all feel yeah. me? Y'all see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm the same kind of way as far as it felt like a fluff. Yes. Episode. Like there was just a lot of yeah. fluff. There wasn't anything Filler. real to the story and like real. Yes. Whenever the episode finished, I looked at my wife and I was like, was that it? Right. I mean, it just it just seemed like there was. Like you said, Michael, like the story, it, it didn't progress any. It was just, I mean, you didn't even really answer much else as, as far as who Kamala is. Right. I mean, you you introduced this red dagger, which, I, of course, I have no idea who the heck that is. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... Ooh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you introduce one, then you kill them all, so you don't really have much story with that one guy. But, <laughs> again, there was just, it just felt like fluff and not even like the good marshmallow fluff it was just fluff. <laughs> the moon pie fluff ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a couple things i didn't feel like this was like representation the episode but 
I will say, so the QR code, I'm just going to skip to that for a second, and there's a reason why. The QR code we see at timestamp is 14 minutes, 32 seconds. It's when Kumala is with her cousins out in the street, and there is a vendor that takes a picture of her, and if you see on his little stand there, there is the QR code. If you scan it, it goes to the 2016 Miss Marvel number 12. First appearance of Red Dagger. Hang on. Yes, it is the first appearance (laughs) of Red Dagger, but it is this episode. It is straight up this episode brought to the big screen. She goes to Karachi. She meets her Nani. I think that's what she calls Mm -hmm. her. It's Sana. Sana is her actual name, but I forget the anyway. She meets that. She meets her cousin. She meets Kareem in the episode. There's a big giant like truck chase scene where she and Kareem have to like stop it. It is just straight up this episode. Okay. That was another thing I was going to say. It was just, I t- turned to my wife too during the episode. And I was like, poor Bruno. I mean, <laughs> just, he got no chance. <laughs> yeah. That, like you bringing up the QR code, that's super cool. And I probably would have had different vibes had I read that issue. Mm-hmm. But. That was probably what I was trying to get across was just this totally felt like a fluff episode. Yes. And this just didn't feel like it flowed at all. It felt like it was like, all right, well, fuck it, guys. We got one episode to fill all this shit in. So here we go. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things, one of the notes that I wrote down at the very beginning is this episode also felt like we skipped an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like it starts off and they're on the plane because the last episode we left off with Kamala like being in deep shit with her parents for ruining her brother's wedding. And this episode just starts off and we're we're on a plane. And I feel like maybe this maybe okay, so maybe us just discussing about this has finally put a finger on why I, I was whelmed for this episode. So I'm I'm learning, uh, you know, I, I check up on all leaks and stuff. I'm learning that uh, some future titles for the Disney Plus series are going to get nine episodes. This is another one that gets six. Maybe it should get more. And that's the issue, mm. I think, here, is that not all of them have to be six because I want a show to have as many as it needs to tell the story properly. Yeah. Right. And just saying, like, oh, you get six, oh, you get nine, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. If it if they can tell a great story in five episodes, so be it. If they can tell a great story in three episodes, so be it. But like, whatever it needs, give it to them. Yes, I think I think maybe that's what I'm trying to say on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I got you. What well, and it kind of goes back with like Moon Knight too. I mean, it just seemed like they you. I mean, well, still Moon Knight was just not not very good writing in general. But I mean, it seemed <laughs> like they were trying to put like they were skipping things just to try and get it into that six episode window. And so, yeah, I, I could definitely see that because, I mean, again, we're four. We only have two episodes left now. Yeah, there's still I mean, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. So real quick, synopsis of the show is that Kamala and her mother go to Pakistan to go visit Nani. And Kamala gets a giant culture bomb essentially dropped on her like this is where she comes from. This is her lineage and all that jazz. She's eating food that she's never had before several times throughout the movie. Um, she's going and sightseeing and seeing all these places and things. She wants to go check out the train station. She winds up meeting Red Dagger there. She finds out a little bit more about her great-grandmother, Aisha. The clandestine break out of prison. They go and find Kamala. And then 
As Richard Shakespeare said. What? <laughs> go, 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 Jeremy. Well, I mean, that's what... I, that was another thing that, that really bugged me. I mean, yeah. For one, damage... Like, they, you show this big damage control facility. Yeah. yeah. And then they're in a big layout. We wind up in the sewers somewhere with these guys that are basically poking the bear for, for other words. I mean, just they escape with hardly anything. I mean, it, it was real quick and easy, just a 30 second clip. And then all of a sudden, somehow, amazingly, they just pop right into this secret facility, this secret <laughs> hangout hideout of, of the red dagger. Cause I say know exactly where to go. Yeah. And it's just boom, we're done. Yeah. All right. So you've triggered me here because that was my biggest thing that I wanted to bitch about on this episode is we see Damage Control's Supermax prison. And I use Supermax in air quotes because it had four fucking guards that they just were able to like, I forget it's anyway, it's a guy on YouTube. I can't think of his name right now, but it was super easy, barely an inconvenience. (laughs) 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 they just fucking get out and i was so annoyed by that and yes now knowing this absolutely needed some more episodes one that's over in the u.s they somehow in a matter of hours (laughs) unless they can teleport or something they go from escaping damage controls supermax prison which by the way is also the the prison that is going to be in she hulk and it's the one that holds abomination who apparently can easily escape from thanks to wong and do like late night cage fighting so how supermax is this supermax prison well, I was about to say, I guess we there's no hope in holding either one of those, and you can easily see that there's going to be no hope there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was so annoyed by that. This felt so, like, to talk about what we talked about last episode, this felt so cheaply written, like a, like a TV show, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, of how they escaped. It was so dumb. Now, also, one last thing that may be kind of interesting, probably won't pan out, maybe it will, there's a shot at the very beginning of the Supermax prison. It's from the air, and it's at night. It looks identical, except for of the big, weird-looking structure in the middle. But it looks identical to in the first Avengers movie, at the beginning of the movie, where Nick Fury was experimenting on the Tesseract. And, you know, it ended up blowing up and, like, caving in on itself. But that's now been like, what, 10 years ago? So is that the same facility and they've just rebuilt it and made it a supermax prison? Huh. I I'm, I don't know. That's a good question. Because, I mean, that was that was out there in the middle of the desert, was it not? Yes. Like an Area 51 type thing? Yeah. So I was kind of bothered, too, how they just kind of showed up. And I looked at my wife. I said, how did they know where to go? Yeah. And my wife being the intelligent woman that she is, she was like, well, in the previous episode, the late, the the mom or whatever was like, oh, well, the amulet was calling me or the bracelet was calling me. No. I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, oh, look, it's there. My wife, who's not a comic book person, is schooling me over here. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being the case, I was like, okay, I could kind of see it. I mean, they did absolutely travel across seas very quickly and get through customs very quickly, especially with their mace ties and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but still, them finding it because she was using an awful lot of that power, testing it inside the Red Dagger place and stuff like that. And I, it looks like she was getting pointers on how to use it because 
she was throwing punches and kicks and everything uh-huh. else. It was pretty awesome yeah. when she was actually fighting this time around. So in that, we get, this is the other th- big thing just that actually progresses the story, is we learn that the veil of Nor separates Earth from her great-grandmother Aisha's realm, and that the Nor is the energy of that realm the Vel, the clandestine, and even Kumala's powers are made of it, is what Kareem, the Red Dagger guy, says to her. So do we care to to explain what the Red Dagger is? (laughs) I was going to, but it's not. It's a new creation that was created in in Miss Marvel issue 12. It's not a big, that was back in 2016. Nobody else has done anything with it, really. It's just a new secret organization that is in Karachi that apparently is like they're kind of, I don't know, freedom fighters or something (laughs) in Karachi. Karachi Assassin's Creed. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really like the the boy band, like she said, kind (laughs) of. Yeah, something like that. Here's what I want to get to, because honestly, this, this episode was boring to me. And I just, the, the only thing that really like stuck out to me and, and I don't like it. I'm, if it's going the way that I think it's going, I don't like it. Did Kamala time travel at the end of that? Is she going to be the fucking stars that bring her grandmother back to her father? So I have two theories. I think at the reveal of that, we see, where is it? Najma, you know, stabs her bangle and it causes a clearly a rift in reality and she falls back, and then it shows her in the, what was it, 1800s? I, shit, I can't remember what year it was. But anyway, during the partition. And yes, I think more than likely it's going to be a time travel thing, and it's going to be revealed that Kumala is the one who made the trail of stars for her great-grandmother to get back to her father. There is a big theory going around that her powers are working like a Green Lantern in that she mani- anything she thinks of, it manifests. The theory could be that she it gets encased in a like cocoon, like Inhumans, even though she will not be an Inhuman, and that she's just seeing these visions of her past and it's super real to her but it's not actually time travel I don't know if that will actually pan out (laughs) like I said that's a theory I think it's more of the time travel thing just because we also learned that the Bengal has writing on it that the guy named Walid said was like what you seek is seeking you I have a feeling that maybe Kamala's the one who writes that or something in the past I don't know for sure But yes, to answer your, all that's a (laughs) long-winded way of saying is, yes, more than likely it's going to be time travel. Boo. (laughs) We can't, we can't fucking do everything time travel. We can't do everything, oh, blip this, blip that, time travel this, time travel that, blah, blah, blah. Mind control this, mind control that. It's the new fucking mind control is what it is. Yeah. Hot damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to say, I, I don't. I wouldn't like that either. That just seems kind of a, a cheap way out of any kind of like further backstory to her and Aisha and that type of thing. I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, because then, I mean, are they still saying that Aisha is still part of, still has Nor, like all that? I mean, that's still where that comes from, even though Kamala would be the one that actually did 
all everything that got her to this point. Well, there's still all the rumors of Aisha possibly killing somebody and killing a man. Yeah. And things like and not knowing where Aisha is and this being the story as to what actually happened to her and like where she wound up going, where she wound up being, maybe Kamala is able to send Aisha back to Nor or whatever. Which is also kind of disappointing because if it's Nor that we saw in the first episode when she flipped backwards, then that's not the negative zone. Yeah. Which means these are probably not negabands then, which brings up a whole nother what are these kind of again. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> I said, I, I'm totally underwhelmed by this episode. Totally underwhelmed. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's getting any better if we're doing time travel. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree. They're leaning too much on time travel. Like, Loki's doing essentially time travel. We did it in Endgame. Are, are we doing it for Quantum Mania? Like, Kang. I know, like, Kang is a time travel villain, so maybe that's why they're throwing in tons of time travel. But let's stop leaning on our on that. Like, let's, let's move away from that for a bit. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, just give it a break. I mean, I'm not against it at all, but... It, like I said, if that's going to be our new mind control, because for a while there, Avengers 1, mind control. Avengers 2, mind control. <laughs> like, okay, I've seen enough. Yeah. So uh, I want to say some, at least some good things about the episode. <laughs> I love during the chase scene, Kumala, one, she puts the truck in reverse like she did in episode one. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Also, she hits the belt guy. I'm just calling him belt guy. I don't know what his name is. But she hits him with the truck. <laughs> I'm specifically uh, giving a timestamp for this. If you go to 36 minutes, 41 seconds, she makes the most goofiest looking face. I think we should honestly make it our, our thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And then, like, the, I guess this is, isn't good, but when when she's sneaking into the restricted area, when right before she meets Kareem, the red dagger guy, she puts on her domino mask. And I'm like, one, nobody knows who you are in that country. And two, that's not going to hide your identity. It's... No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to reference this because it's about the only good line in that movie, but the uh, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie... I love how they, when he flies up to Blake Lively's character in there, she's like, how? And he he's like, wait, how did you know it was me? She's like, what? Do you think just because you hide your cheekbones, I don't know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to agree on that. Because like my other thinking too is like, you just walked through a whole train station without that on. You have the same clothes, your backpack, all that. And you you won't think there's any kind of surveillance at all through there yeah. that can just be like, oh, this person has the same backpack, the same clothes, everything, but she's got a mask on that just covers your, like you said, the cheekbones and the eyes. Oh, no, no, that must be a different person. No, no, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, then they even make reference about her clothing sticking out oh, yeah. and not being correct over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then on top of that, when after, you know, she meets the Red Dagger and she's like, cool with him. They start walking around the city with her domino mask on and his, you know, red mask around his face and stuff like that. And it's like, no, that's not odd at all. I mean, just, you know, you're just walking around with it. And then in the chase scene, towards the end of it, she takes the domino mask off. And I'm uh, like, yeah. 
Isn't this the perfect time to have it on? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Real quick, also in that scene, I like that uh, he mentions, he's like, do all do all Americans have super, or excuse me, he says, do all masked Americans have superpowers? And she, she says, uh, how do you know I'm not Canadian? And it's just funny because uh, the actress, Amon Vellani, is in fact Canadian. <laughs> Also, the like painting of Ant Man. I I went and went through like Reddit, and someone did a translation, and the speech bubble that's written in I guess or Urdu. It says as powerful as an ant. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought that was funny. <laughs> There's about as many Ant Man references in here as there are Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I'm. What if Scott Lang shows up instead of? <laughs> Oh, no. I'd just be done. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd have to call Kevin. Be like, come on now. Bro, you only got two episodes left for her to show up. My hopes are, are dwindling fast. So, oh, And we know good and damn well, we're probably going to be in the partition all episode number five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Where else could we go from here? Well, the only thing I was thinking is like, maybe, you know, It'd be Captain Marvel coming in to save her and, you know, with the stars on her, her outfit and everything. She can't time travel. <laughs> hey, she's Captain Marvel. She can do anything. <laughs> and have cool hair while doing it, too. Yes. <laughs> All right. Where are we going from here? To the train. <laughs> After that. That's all I got. You, you, you wait on me or not, but that's about all I got. <laughs> I think, obviously, like you said, episode episode five will be all about the partition. I don't know if the whole episode will be it. Part of me wonders if they'll just hurriedly get through it and have her get back to her time. And then episode five, I assume we're going to be back in New Jersey where she meets up with Bruno. Which, by the way, how long has she been gone? Like a week? Has Bruno not gone to Caltech already? Like, <laughs> that's my other thing. Like, yeah. he was like, you know, I, I need to decide. I figured he had like two or three days to decide to go. Also, it's not like I'm gone forever. But anyway, any, the point being is she'll be back in New Jersey. I'm assuming Bruno's going to be the one that makes her costume. Yeah. Like the one that we see on the banner when you go to play the show. Uh, she'll have a throwdown with Najma. I'm assuming Kamran will show back up, which, by the way, Najma's a dick to her own son. <laughs> like, she just <laughs> leaves him there. Mummy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I imagine she'll be in trouble and Kamran will show up to help out. I think also, I'm thinking it's going to happen next episode, but I think Kumela's mom is going to learn about the bangle and how yeah. all the stuff that her mom was talking about wasn't actually bullshit and it's actually all real. Yeah, I wonder if that'll be the kicker to get her mother into the States. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that'll be the final. Yeah, apparently me and Jeremy were wrong as far as the costume showing up in four <laughs> because we didn't get that at well, all. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, when she gets that vest, you know, she's wearing the red, I don't know what they're called, but she gets that blue vest and then she puts on the the domino mask during that chase scene stuff. It looks very much like the costume from the comics. So y'all are kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what I was going to say is that like, I was expecting her to get the scarf mm-hmm. or something whenever he was handing something over to her, something to, to go with the costume or even like the workout outfit itself that you were talking about yeah. previously. And it just be an actual dress or, or what a ceremonial whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he gave her the red vest and I was like, well, that's not part of her costume at all. Like, are we just, <laughs> are we, we going to get rid of the scarf altogether? Like, is that just gone now or the sash that she has that she wears? Yeah. I'm, I was a little confused by that because <laughs> I'm like, how's she going to translate that? Like, how's that even going to work back into the, her costume? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon we'll find out. Yes. I agree though. I think it's going to be six. She's going to come back. I think by the end of five, she'll be on her way back to New Jersey. Six, she'll probably get her costume, and then it'll be the big showdown that we've seen in the the trailers where, like, she's getting shot at. She puts up the big giant shield, mm-hmm. and whoever's behind her, she's protecting them. She's in full costume. I think that's all going to go down in six. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. All right. We got anything else to add? I don't think so right now. No, I don't think so. Cool. Jeremy, where are you going to find you at? Oh, what they, uh, they can find me on uh, Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. It's night with a K. And of course, you can find me here. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me on Twitter if they want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry, night like day and night, and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And we have a YouTube, we have an Instagram, and we have a TikTok, all underneath the Comically Comics Podcast banner. Nice. You can find me on Instagram and whatnot at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed as much as we did making it. With all that being said, happy first appearance, Richard. And say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Mr. Ventura! This wedding ceremony is going to take place in four days. I cannot have bloodshed in my province. We are counting on you. Ooh. Ooh. Honk, 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 honk.